From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm very excited to welcome Dan the Automator Nakamura to the Big Event Podcast studio. He's shown up in a couple of unexpected places lately, composing the score for Olivia Wilde's Booksmart in theaters now. And he collaborated with Randall Park, who plays Marcus in the Netflix hit Always Be My Maybe, to create the sound for Marcus's fake San Francisco indie hip-hop band Hello Peril. None of this should be a surprise for anyone who's followed the career of the San Francisco native, who developed a national following in 1996 with his first Dr. Octagon collaboration with rap legend Cool Keith. Dan the Automator also put out multiple albums with Deltron 3030, Handsome Boy Modeling School, and The Gorillas. Along the way, he's developed his own genres with a willingness to experiment and even be silly during a time when the industry was at its most serious. Let's get into Dan the Automator mood with the Deltron 3030 track Mastermind, produced by Nakamura. That's Del the Funky Homo Sapien rapping. Hey man, let me ask you a question, man, see if you know what's up. Big this. Who fuses the music with no illusions Producing the blueprints Clueless Automator Defy the laws of nature Electronic monolith Throw a jam upon the disc The futuristic loop it with the quickness Hyper-producing Hydrogen fusion liquids Keep your distance Keep your distance More on the Always Be My Maybe band Hello Peril They're a band that hasn't left San Francisco for 16 years, playing the same tiny clubs, rapping about some of the changes in the city, and notably rapping about Keanu Reeves. It seems like good timing to catch up with Dan the Automator, who made his own choice to stay in San Francisco over the years. He talks about his early years as a musician, started playing the violin at age three, A foodie who's friends with more chefs than musicians, Nakamura talks about some of the great meals consumed while Always Be My Maybe was shooting in SF. And he talks about his decision not to direct his career for mainstream success, even if success keeps finding him anyway. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to the big event. Welcome to the Chronicle, Dan the Automator. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing real good. Uh, happy to have you in our archive here. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from San Francisco, so like seeing all these old photos, we're looking at some warriors from back in the day when they were good for about three years. <laughs> good for about three years. Um, I get really excited when someone comes in here and, um, and makes requests. So what did you request when you came in? I requested um, two things. Well, for mainly, it's all part of one thing. It was like yeah. um, pictures from the Western Edition when um, there was still the Pink Palace, and it was all like the um, the projects. Um, I, I asked because my my dad had um, worked for the um, San Francisco Redevelopment Agency, and they one of their big couple of their big projects, one of their more I guess successful, was to take out. The, the the project thing and put in um, low cost housing it made it people you know like, I guess pride in ownership and stuff like that yeah started to happen and you know it's you can see I mean obviously it's a little more dated now because the Western edition it was, I don't know this was like probably the seventies so or maybe early eighties so sure you can sure see it. 
I want to talk about Always Be My Maybe, and uh, you're, you scored a, a movie here now, and um, a lot of things coming up, but I, I wanted to go way back, too. Okay. And uh, you mentioned your family. When, when did your family come here, and were you you were born here? I was born in San Francisco, yes. Um, yeah. my, 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 my parents, my grandparents were born in Hawaii, so I, we've been in the, con- in the country for a long time. Um, they were um, uh, born in L.A. and very young, but like when the... Um, internment camps world war ii came they all got relocated essentially to chicago and uh, uh i'm sorry bill van ekirk and our librarians here all right yeah I, I always when bill comes in here i always ask him what he's looking for because it's always really eclectic once it was i think it was debutantes and the coup he needed like boots riley photos from the 90s but you you got a request for bill if he can find it oh yeah i was uh, any anything you had from um i was looking for um the Western edition when it was still had the projects in the Pink Palace and the re, the redo the the redo of the Western edition. We got anything like that, Bill? Well, we got some shots and it does it doesn't look uh, great, but le- uh, le- maybe maybe like the before and after yeah, kind of genesis. Yeah. You know? So you were born uh, in Sun- the Sunset District. No, I want well, Richmond, but or oh, where I, I don't even know what hospital I was born in. But yeah, Richmond District for a couple of years and then Sunset District. Yeah, were you my life. were you musical from the beginning? What's your first kind of musical memory? Well, my first musical memory is a forced memory in the sense of my mom started me on the violin when I was like three years old. So I was, <laughs> you know, doing that. And, and that wasn't by choice, obviously, at that time. But so I had a lot of um, classical music in my life for like the almost up into high school, actually, a lot. But I, I, I'd switched over to like a lot of interest in rap and pop music as as they were kind of developing rap more developing but pop music being you know obviously around and um i just had a, a a lot of love for that kind of music and on the other side of it i was playing um you know cl- classical music a lot how how i mean three years old how right. how dedicated were you oh, were you terrible. taking a no, lot no, of no, lessons yeah you and... take you take i don't remember honestly. how good were you you tell me oh well i wasn't very good at three obviously but like as as time went on i mean i made it to the level of like you know first chair in junior high school high school i didn't play in the orchestra but i could have probably been you know fifth best or i mean you know something <laughs> like i would have been good but not not like oh you're headed towards the symphony good you know what i mean yeah. so i would have been like you know maybe i would have made it into like i i mean who knows i mean it's, yeah. it, I, I i wasn't pro level i wasn't like a prodigy or anything like that though not not even close so what was your first uh, hip-hop experience? Was it local stuff because that was starting, or, or did you kind of start well, in New York or L.A. New in York. terms of your interest? Oh, yeah, New York stuff was my, my first interest is the Run DMCs and, and all that stuff. I mean, I heard Rapper's Delight, but like, what really, what really um, sparked my interest the most was um, this, this record called uh, Do You Like Scratching by um, Malcolm McLaren, the world-famous Supreme Team. <laughs> Malcolm McLaren's more of a Svengali, but like World Famous Supreme Team was kind of a mediocre rap, rap-ish group. They, they kind of portrayed themselves as a radio show on, on the record. And song, Do You Like Scratching? They had another song called Buffalo Gals. But Do You Like Scratching had this thing like, hey, do you like scratching? And then you hear this turntable like kind of uh-huh. rubbing. But in a, in, in, I'm going to say it, 
in a naive kind of way, you know, not yeah. like a run DMC super tight Jam Master J kind of way. And I was like, I understand what they're doing. And after that, I kind of was like, I, I got to understand and learn how to do this. You know yeah. I mean? And so that was how I um, not got introduced to hip hop. Maybe run DMC probably had a lot more to do with like really getting, you know, Set the scene for me. Like, did you hear it on the radio? Did you go to the Stonestown, you know, Sam Goody? What, what? Well, we had, it was Tower Records, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I had, when I was in there, I was just buying, I was buying records since like seventh, sixth grade, just buying records and buying records. And, and you know, San Francisco is not the origins of rap. You know, there was a lot of interest in, in soul and funk and what whatnot, but not, but rap wasn't like, there wasn't like San Francisco rap artists at yeah. the time, um, and um, so I would listen to like uh, New York rap, and and um, it just it, it was a time. It's an, inter- an interesting thing because like all the records, all these big records, they're the only records, right? So everyone, I mean globally or you know whatever had yeah. had. There wasn't like a whole under undercurrent of like SF records or you know like or. Memphis Records or whatever, sure. you know what I mean? Um, a couple of years later there was, you know. But yeah, RBL Posse and yeah, yeah, Rap yeah. and Forte. I, mean, and, I think, yeah. you know, for me, the first one that I really heard making making noise was probably Too Short, you know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, that wasn't my kind of rap at the time. Um, I understand a, a lot of it better now because then I was really interested in, like, real, like, um, New York hip-hop, hip-hop, you know what I mean? D- uh, Dougie Fresh's show, Slick Rick, I mean, rhyming, and then, like, all the... Um, all the really um, LL Cool J and you know all these guys who are like really flipping lyrics and and Two Shorts kind of doing more of a nursery rhyme cadence and and you're hearing it and I'm like it's not as you know complex but things aren't about complexity they're about you know yeah. statement and what you're saying and impact you know what I mean and, and like even to this day I'm learning more about that you know the, the analogous to like when I'm when we started making beats I would try everything in the kitchen sink you know try to do all the um, tricky skill things and all this crazy fills and all this stuff and like now I'm like yeah feels good it feels good it's not how hard it was to make it's how good it sounds and I think short falls into that category where it's like a, a lot of, a lot of charisma and wit as opposed to like pure you know rhyme delivery skill. Did you did you start out wanting to be an MC or were you interested in production kind of from the beginning? Basically, for me, um, I never wanted to be an MC. Now I played around, rapped a little bit on things and like at home and whatever, but that wasn't really the purpose. Uh, never that was never the express purpose. Um, what happened to me was I started out as a um, DJing, you know, mm-hmm. and I was a pretty. I still am. I'm. I'm, I'm a. I don't, well, yeah, I'm probably world class. I mean, I'm not like top of the, you know what I mean? But like, I can do everything pretty well in terms of like yeah. mixing and keeping parties going and, and, and whatnot, as opposed to just like one skill set. Um, I, 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 I'm saying I'm in the top 500, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, maybe, maybe better. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I, yeah. depending on when I practice, if I, if I'm, if I'm working on records, I'm not practicing turntables and yeah, stuff like yeah. that that much. But anyway, regardless, um, I thought I was pretty good at the time, you know, at least locally speaking. And um, and what happened was, I got I got to do this um, show in Stockton, and it was a um, you know <coughs> I don't know Civic Center Hall kind of show, you sure. know. And and I think I was probably maybe a senior in high school, something like that. And and like um, um, I'm doing the show, and then like in the middle they they had these two little kids, well like 
high school kids come up, just the local kids, and they were doing this like scratch battle thing. And you know, they were just tearing it up. You know, just two local kids, like you know, from the valley or whatever. And and, and I'm just like watching them going, like, yeah, I'm never going to be that good. I mean, this was literally what went in my mind. Like, I'm I'm never going to be that good. And I was already starting to work with beats and stuff. I was like, I'm going to focus harder on the beats. The punchline to that, the long story short, is it turned out those two little local kids one was named Hubert and the other Hubert. one was named Mick Spectre Mike oh wow so um and then I met him those days we've been friends since that that day basically but like literally like to me I mean, <laughs> they are local kids at the time you know what I mean but yeah. like it turns out they're, like, they're probably two of the best in the world to this day oh yeah, yeah. so anyway thank thank you to them for like making me not <laughs> really try to pursue dreams as a, a DJ <laughs> I, I think of you, everything that you do, it feels like you. Um, it, it, it's different. You do eclectic things. I don't see you ever chasing anything commercial, even though things that are commercial seem to come your way. Yeah. Was it that way from the beginning? I mean, if you could tell me a little bit about between what you're talking about now and, and okay. Dr. Octagon, yeah. which is when I first... Yeah, that's you know, when first people really first started to know about yeah. me. But like, what it was was I, I, I had good ideas... But you know, I'm practicing um, skills. Skills, you know what I mean. Yeah. And and I'm learning how to work equipment and do that kind of stuff. And um, I kind of started to from like you start from like trying to learn what other people are doing to learn what you want to do, you know. And I started getting pretty good at what I wanted to do. But more importantly, my skill set was getting fairly high. You know what I mean? Like on the engineering, whatever yeah. type of lab. Um, some of and this is all in my parents' basement, and um, some of the first big records that I was doing were um, um, the Soul Sides guys, Shadow and Blacklist. All those records are done in my parents' basement, and then um, shortly after that, like Doctor Octagon. But like before that all happened, like just before that, I remember people talking to me like they're like, you know, you, you, you're 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 really um, good at what at making stuff, but it's different why why don't you um and this is literally before any success at all any any yeah. and, and they're like why don't you you know make stuff that sounds more like what's going on right now i'm like yeah I, i'm going to be successful i'm going to do it on my terms i'm probably paraphrasing what i was saying and what was time. going on then are we talking like uh um, you know dr, dr. dre, dre and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and i'm just like you know i'm i'm, I'm uh, no i'm cool i'm, I'm going to do what i'm what i'm dj premier and dr dre are probably like the east and west coast equivalents yeah. of what was good at the time i'm going to do what i do and 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 um you know either no one's ever going to hear about me or i'm going to have my own lane and i like i said i've probably readjusted the words slightly but it was the sentiments exactly the same yeah. and that's kind of what i did I, I just made my own lane and my own lane is there to till now really you know it's like no one people try to do what i do but they're not the good ones because they're not the ones having like the um you know like they're not they're doing what i wouldn't or you know what i mean like they're they're not they're not striking out on their own i guess is the way i would put it but but other than that you know like i i've maintained a, a certain way of of thought and and process where like you know my records don't sound the same ever but they sound like me i think i feel like they do you know yeah, and you said uh, you were at your parents' basement. Yeah. Um, did you feel lured at any point to uh, to leave San Francisco as as, as a home base? Um, did were people also while they're telling you what your style should be that you should be going to L.A. and New York because there aren't a ton of people who are are based here? Yeah, no, I mean San Francisco's not a music town. I mean, 
let me take that back. San Francisco is an incredible music town with incredible music history, mm-hmm. but it's not a music town to, where people come to strike it rich or get yeah. going. I mean, you know, we 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 what we do have though that I, I will um, stand by for me and for most of the other people. It's like we have this great diverse '60s history up to the '70s, and we're talking like you know all everything from the hate street stuff and the Jefferson starship stuff. But mostly for me, it's like guys like Sly and the family stone, you know, rock and black music and this and that. And all this stuff is coming up and it doesn't sound like anything else in the whole world. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's own, it's its own form of music. You know what I mean? And I mean, other people once again have uh, adapted some of that, of course, over the years, but, but at the time it was like that way. And then when we even came out with rap records, it's like a soul sized short, um, digital underground, whatever E40. But what's interesting about all those names is everyone came out independently first. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. just put stuff out because they wanted to. And also, none of that stuff sounded like anyone else's stuff. You know what I mean? The, um, you know, we we all just did it because well, we're not in LA or New York, so we don't have a label to go walk over to, and, and we put stuff out. And, you know, a lot of this stuff was you know poorly received, moderately bad received, but like pretty much all. All these guys, they've had longer careers than most of those, you know, people that whatever, you know. It's 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 um, it's because it is pure. So anyway, that's the musical part of San Francisco. Yeah. The unmusical part is like there's no labels here, there's no business here, there's artists don't come here to like get discovered, you know. So yeah, no, there's none of that. I was lucky because I was able to weather the storm of not uh, of of no success to the point where I had enough success where people will come here to work now, you know. Yeah, and and I mean. You must have liked it culturally too. Um, what is it? What is it about here that that makes you want to stay? Well, it's, it's a complicated thing because as you're growing up, when you're a kid, wherever you grow up, I'm pretty sure you think it sucks. You know, I mean, not yeah. maybe maybe not if you're in New York. You know, it, it seems pretty action packed. But like, I was in Burlingame. I thought it sucked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know. So yeah, it's exactly. Bill was too. We yeah. worked. <laughs> we worked yeah. at the Burlingame Public Library. Yeah. Well, that must have sucked. Yeah. But, but, but no, you grow up, you think everything sucks, right? You yeah. know. You know. I mean, I, like I said, with the exception of probably New York, you know, <laughs> where like people seem to discover all sorts of things. At least, at least in the mythologies I've read in my life. Life, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But but um. So anyway, you think it sucks, and like like I said, my family was you know raised in Chicago, so we would go there every summer, and I always be like, yeah, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't super jazzed on it. You know what I mean? It was it was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this one little kid, and then you know keep going and going and going, and it's not until like I probably actually achieved a level of travel success, meaning like when. I could go places and, and play and do things, and I'd been all around the world a lot. That I realized that San Francisco was great. I mean, as great as it was for all these things. I think I I liked it enough to not go anywhere. And I used to go to New York a lot, even in during these times, because I hip hop, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And whatever records and the rappers are there. And I would go even when I would you know save up money to be there and just go to like you know downtown records, downstairs records, you know, just like live the hip-hop that I would see on TV in the movie, you know what I mean, yeah. like that kind of stuff before I was successful, and um, the Beat Street hip-hop or whatever, you know, and, 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 and get very um, very immersed in that culture, you know, and and, um, and I love New York, but San Francisco, and even even as we talk San Francisco today, and I know a lot of people I know, they're like, oh, it's really expensive and gentrification and, sure, and, sure. and, and tech. Even all that being said, and not to like offend anyone or whatever, but like you know, there's like twenty, 
great cities in the U.S. You know what I mean? Or, or, or arguments for great cities. I'm not talking about great views. I'm just talking about like you know your your New Yorks, your LA's, your San Francisco's, your Chicago's. I'm going to include like your Portland's and your Seattle. I mean, you know, you go down the line and and you, and you find like you know as far as metropolitan areas go, there's X amount of cities in the U.S. And you know, and, and when you've been to all of them and spent all the time there, I best fit in here, New York, I guess L.A., but New York and here because in my mind, they're the most international cities i guess is what yeah, I'm saying. i say you know i know what you're saying and like you know i can go and i mean it's different now but like you know you go and get like different cultural food you can go whatever you know and you can just see the impact of culture i, I, I would say san francisco would be the most european city besides new york you know what i mean or or maybe even i don't know but like and there's something to be said about that kind of vibe that we don't we don't have in a lot of other cities you know like yeah. spend you know spend a few few days in indianapolis either that's all for you or it's not for you at all you know what i mean gotcha gotcha no i hear you i sorry bill van niekirk in our librarian did, did you have any luck bill bring it on over yeah they moved some houses uh. so i got some Great shots of the moving houses oh, okay. from there. Oh, nice. And then this is a, you know, I found uh, some some old houses from 1959 from the area that look pretty pretty beat up. We we have a lot more on the Yerba Buena. Okay, yeah, that's my actually my dad was part of that one too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can if you look up Yerba Buena or also the other one was when they built the um, the skate park in Hunter's Point. That's the other one he did too. Oh wow. I'm gonna look for that and I'll, yeah. I'll get it to Karen. Yeah, I'll leave this here for oh, you. Oh cool. Thank you. Well, thanks, Bill. Yeah. I appreciate your help, man. Yeah, crazy. And tell me a little more about the family history. I mean, um, no, I mean, no, it's not. We we covered most of it. My dad worked for the San Francisco Redevelopment Agency for yeah. a long time. Did your parents both work for the city? My mom was a teacher, but yeah, she worked in the city college system for a while. So I guess is that a city job? I'm not yeah. sure if that is a city job, but um, it wasn't within the city, within the um, confines of you know city growth, I guess, or. How did how did they feel about uh, your your uh, career path, especially in those early years? Oh, my mom hated it. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> um, she still questioned it. Not questioned it. That shouldn't be the word. Um, she was like, "You should be looking at backup plans." Pretty far <laughs> in, you know. And and are we I, talking like handsome boy modeling school far in, or we're talking gorillas far in? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but my dad's always been like quietly supportively not negative about it my mom was more negative about it yeah. now she's good with it but like you know we're we're Asians you know Asian Americans it's like you gotta go to school you know it's like I've been around a bunch of Asian Americans just in the last especially just did this one movie with with a lot of Asian Americans and stuff and everyone has basically the same story you know yeah when are you gonna get a job when are you gonna like finish go to school or when are you gonna grad school or you know it's like it's much more rare to hear hear someone going like, "I'm really encouraging my kid do the arts," and you know. You know, my grandparents immigrated from Mexico to uh. San Francisco, and everyone in the family—sons, daughters, grandchildren—all have advanced degrees except me. I dropped out of law school, and even when I got to the Chronicle. I would go to events and my grandmother and grandfather would still be wearing the UC Davis School of Law sweatshirt that I gave them, like oh, a yes. little yes. subtweet there. Yeah. So I, no, I get it. It's 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 uh, it's a it's an Asian American thing, like really. I mean, it's probably a lot of cultures thing, but Asian American thing, it's it's really like that. We, you, know? you had a good segue there to always be my maybe. Um, okay. I I just envision you like I think you have the best job because I envision you not going to a bunch of meetings in LA, but just people coming to you and saying, Hey, I got this cool project. And 
Always Be My Maybe seems to cover food. You're into food. Yeah. Beats. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a definite uh, hip hop. And, yeah. and, and, and then also San Francisco. Tell, tell me how it happened. Well, it's a little bit of all of that. Yes. And I mean, yeah, and you're right about the first part. Like people come to me sometimes and not, I mean, even when I have meetings, they're usually pretty pleasant. You know I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't ever pitch anything, which of course is probably to my own detriment, but that's a whole other story. Um, but anyway, like, um, it's not even the story. It's just, I, yeah. don't, I don't pitch things that much, but, um, but, um, but, um, yeah, with, um, always be my maybe, um, Randall and I are friends. We're not long 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 years and years friends but, but we've been friends for a while and um when always be my maybe came up him and Ali are executive producers on that movie as well as as well as the writers and everything he was like you know my 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 thing my dream would be to have dan you know do the stuff and so while randall didn't directly call me he was just like, you know, he just sent it through the channel to me. And then, and of course, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, like I think for Randall and, and, Al, and Allie, you know, especially being their first movie, they're not trying to overstep the bounds of like protocol, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. So not trying to go like, you got this and then have another producer have to fire me or something, you know what I mean? So, you know, they run it through the thing a little bit. And then it was, it was like, yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, Al, Allie's from San Francisco as well. So it's like Randall's from LA, but I'm saying like Allie's from San Francisco as well. So like there's a lot of, um, the feeling about the sound and stuff. Randall being a really avid hip hop head, and 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 Alley being from here, you know. So it's like the the the, the through line is very solid. Yeah, there, there's a band in the. It's part of the plot. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the band. Hello is peril. Hello peril. It's very much like a Dan the Automator type of project. I could see it, except they're playing small. small well, clubs. what it is is it's. And it's you actually, did three songs yes, for yes, it. Yes, yeah. I did the, the, all the, all the band's music. Um, what it is is like um, that's actually a. Uh, a reimagining of a band that Randall had, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, kind of hip hop jazz band. You know, he doing him him doing his thing with with all these people. You know, um, with all these people that he he um, grew up with and listening to the same kind of music. And and the difference is, is this band never stopped. Like, you know, he just <laughs> it kept going. You know what I mean? Like his yeah. college band. It was it's kind of like an imagination if if his college band just kept playing. For years and years after, yeah. that's really I think sixteen it. years. Yeah, yeah. okay, sixteen. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I saw so many things here that just felt like a lot of people who were from San Francisco in the Bay Area were part of it. Souls of Mischief uh, yes. is on the soundtrack. I saw a handsome boy modeling school poster up on the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. Did, did you have your fingers in other things here? Not specifically. I mean, I was around and we were talking about stuff, and we had mentioned you know things. But Randall and Allie, like I said, they're they're very Bay Area. Um, friendly randall like i said he's from la but like when ali was up here doing stand-up and all that stuff he would come up and 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 i mean they've been friends forever and he would come up and do stand-up up here and stuff so he's hey he's had a lot of time in the bay area and he's also of the of the and she as well are both of the mind of that kind of hip-hop yeah. it's part of the formulative um thing so it, it's it's really more them and then we fill in some of the blanks you know here and there but like it's it's really their experience that which is our kind of our, our collective bay area experience yeah. well it's a fun movie it's a very very bay area movie and hello peril just felt so authentic to me it feels like you know my friend's band that's playing at hotel utah or something yes. 
But the the lyrics, I'm going to just, sorry, I'm going to read a little bit of it for our listeners. Welcome to the city which used to be free of suckers. Welcome to the city that used to be free of suckers till the techies came in Hummers and colonized the gutters. If I see another hipster open in a coffee shop, I'll make a body drop with my signature karate chop. Yes. Is that you and Randall working on that? I mean, how, how did no the... Randall wrote all that stuff? Yeah, Randall, Randall yeah. wrote. In fact, if you if you're in that one, there's a very very clear reference to Discolandia in, uh-huh. in, in that song. Um, if you if you if it starts it's right before that, right after yeah. it. But like, um, it's something about a record store being co-opted to something. But anyway, it's it's it, it, Randall. I mean, you know, Randall's obviously he he has. He's an actor, but he also has—he's a comedian to a degree. I mean, he's—he's he's a comic actor a lot of the time. Yeah. But he's also very clever, and so when we did this stuff, he—he—he he, he wrote the lyrics. I—I I did a couple little things with like you know chorus suggestions, not lyrically so much, but the way it should stack. And some of it went in there, some of it you know um, didn't. But but um, what what it was was his lyrics expressing like his view of San Francisco from being a San Franciscan, even though he's actually, like I said, more of a visiting San Franciscan, I guess, honorary, you know, whatever. Um, But, um, but yeah, if you look at the, um, um, everything that was just said there, it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of on the nose sentiment wise, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I love the three songs. There's a a hello and then tennis ball and which I'll just let people see the movie. I'm not even going to try to explain that. And then, you know, spoiler, I will have warned people ahead of time. uh, Keanu Reeves, the song called Keanu Reeves, which ends up being almost like a, it reminds me of the hangover when they're showing the photos. It's like this credit bonus, hilarious (laughs) thing. How did you feel when you saw the movie and saw how these, these songs were weaved in? You know, it's funny because it was, I was really happy, but I, I, I gotta tell you not why I was happy, but um, I, I, I had been on set for like a lot of the band stuff because I was consulting in terms of like you know how the band should be playing and look and making sure the instrumentation and setup was do physically possible and doable. And but besides, if anyone's asking how Randall could be playing the keyboards and then go up in front and, and rhyme, it's it's called a looping pedal. Yeah. He had looping pedals on the floor, so you play the the loop hit it and go I mean we weren't playing live I'm just saying yeah. that, that it's totally doable uh, we wanted to make sure everything there was possible sure, sure. Um, so anyway um, back uh, the the way I saw the movie was um, there was an actual um, theater premiere in um, Westwood in LA <clears throat> and of course all, all, all projects everyone does you know you're, you're, you're you're either disgusted with them or you're proud of them, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but this was beyond that because we had this party, um, yellow carpet actually. It was a yellow carpet. <laughs> um, um, but where all these people come, but it was like all all sorts of people, and they're, it was funny because like they're all kind of our friends. Not every single person, but like you know, I'm going to mention like a guy like Bobby Hundreds, you know, who, who actually has a book out right now about streetwear. But you know, the, the hundreds, and sure, all these people sure. came out who were part of like. Our, our, I don't want to say click because we're not all all that tight or whatever, but like Asian American guys and girls who were doing things, you know what I mean? And to see everyone in one place was cool, but then to see this movie and realize that, and this movie is by no, it's a, it's a rom-com, it's by no means subversive or anything, but like there's little details in there that like when you start to catch them, you realize like it's a real nod to the Asian American pop culture. I mean, like like wearing a stay angry shirt or, or whatever you know I mean, it's like you see these things and you're like someone did it like they they 
put put together not my experience or anyone else but like they someone who was paying attention to all the little steps along the way that could get to, to having a movie like this made but yeah. every one of these were like small not not for me on every single one but were all small touch touch points cultural touch points that we've we being Asian Americans have gone through since like the 90s basically you know what sure. I mean and and so like when you see it all happen you're just like I can't believe this was made. I can't believe I was a part of this. And when I'm saying a part of it, I'm like, even if your thing was like on the wall or something that existed in like, and, and it's gotten to the point where this can actually exist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point where like people can do that kind of thing. You know? And, and that's what, that's so, it was kind of like not just being proud of it. There's a certain kind of feeling like it's not, it, it, it's, it's, it, it was different than like other premieres and things I had done in, in movies and things that had come out, you know, because of, those kind of things because of that yeah. um and, and the shooting i gotta ask you you're a big food guy and there's a real huge right. food through line through yeah. all this did you get any good meals out of this uh well yeah lots of good meals ali ali is a, is a big vietnamese food fan and she was always trying to go go she was always trying to get me to go to turtle tower with her which of course i, I love turtle tower it was good but yeah. we we did rng lounge together um Randall really is a, um, a fan of the old school booth kind of thing, and and we we did um, um, his favorite in San Francisco is um, Tadich Grill. So these are like more classic Sam. Oh yeah, but like, that's old we school. Had, yeah, but we had a great time. We could do that, and then, and and beyond that, like um, in 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 L.A. and whatnot, and here even like we we yeah, we, we 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 eat well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as far as like right down to it, Tadich Grill. Um, Vietnamese pho places. What do you think about food in San Francisco? I, I know you actually. I think you had a meal with our res, our new restaurant critic, yeah, uh, yes. Solejo, yeah. and and uh, uh, is that one of the reasons it's that's kept you here? I, I don't think that's the reason I've been here, but San Francisco is one of the best food towns in the country. I mean, basically, SFLA New York. You know, what I mean, and, I, and yeah. if I was going to put it in order, ethnic, I'd probably go LA, but restaurants overall i'd go to new york and san francisco very small third but that with the caveat is those are much bigger cities and quality per inch in san francisco might be higher you know yeah. so so but yeah they're all great but i mean I, like, I love eating all over the world it's not like fancy food or whatever it's any food sure sure well i, I wanted to ask you about uh book smart too and okay. just just uh working with movies um mm-hmm. was that something you always wanted to do and and i think of you as such an independent person is it harder to be independent when you're working with a movie even if it's an indie well with movies i mean first yes i always wanted to do movies to a to a degree i always want to do anything artistic you know what i mean yeah. like um um i mean if, if 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 someone i mean literally i've done music to bolster up art shows and stuff i mean anything that's artistic that i like so movies are obviously a a, a, a decent a decent way to like you know combine or maybe the only real current way to combine you know picture and story and thing you know so so yeah I'm I'm, I'm all into that um with um bookstart uh, Olivia came over came to me and was like um you know would you be interested in 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 you know doing doing the music for my movie and like I was like you know let's talk about it and, and you know it's a, obviously it's a, a teen high school movie and I was you know it, it was very smart and very interesting so I, I was I was very excited to get a chance to do it and then I, I had to kind of immerse myself into um, 
every John Hughes, every Fast Time at Richmond High, every um, Clueless and Can't Hardly Wait or whatever. Reason being, not that we're trying to make music like any of that, but like I wanted to see what stuck, what what would stay. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because obviously with a high school movie, there's going to be a lot of contemporary music in there. So I I need I wanted to figure out how to make it all like flow together and and, and go. Um, and and for me, like. You know, kids, you know, there's like rap, trap music, for example, right? I didn't want to do anything like that because that music is dated and you're like, oh, it's 2018 music or 2019 or whatever. I wanted to do stuff that like got got the feeling, the energy and the exuberance of, 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 of the kids. And then like at the same time, you're not going to like listen to it and go like, that's so whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, it was really exciting. And, and, you know, I mean... This one was, um, yeah, it, I think uh, a lot about the feelings that you get from that kind of movie, yeah, and and, and how you, how you can come about and do that. Cool. Well, I hope you hope you do more. Um, I love that movie, and oh, I cool. didn't know Thank it was you. your work until until I I always watch the credits. Right. I get mad at Netflix because sometimes they put the credits up in the corner yeah, yeah, and I gotta yeah. go fish them out again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was excited to see you were a part of it. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, I got a few kind of lightning round questions okay. here. Um, uh, first of all, um, first first concert in the Bay Area. Do you remember? No, um, but <laughs> but I did first concert that probably like I was like, well, that's a concert. Was I? I went to the Purple Rain con- concert tour oh, at the Cow Palace, and that was, in '85. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the ones that I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, uh, um, probably not the very first concert I've ever been to, but maybe the first like dynamic one. You know? How'd you get the tickets? Because that was a there was a lot of waiting in line. I or... don't remember. I think maybe one of my friends waited like from overnight or late or whatever. But I don't. I don't. Re- I don't think I was waiting overnight. But you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was great. Yeah. What how, What'd you think? I of mean, the concert. You know, I, I thought it was really, really, really impressive. It, it, I have like a a really fond fond spot for Prince at that at that time. I didn't realize it, but like that was mm-hmm. probably the last time I had fond fond thoughts for Prince in terms of musically speaking. Like around the world in the day is where my my Prince um, listening kind of dips a little bit. But but like up to that point, like just the way he did what he did was incredible. And also I wasn't really as well versed yet on understanding like, I don't know what little Richard, James Brown, you know, Jimi Hendrix and all those influences as well. And, and to see someone just put it all together without me understanding what he's doing was just kind of mind blowing. And also, you know, the Purple Branders movie. There's, there's oh yeah, no, everything, no, everything. my sister got to go and I was too young. Right. So, you know, yeah. um, you work with so many great SF people. I remember uh, uh, Lovage when it came out. Yeah. I remember going to Amoeba. Like, yeah. I was super poor. Yeah. And I was going to Amoeba, like, every time trying to see if I can get it used. <laughs> and then I, at some point I checked, and it was, like, a, you know, hundred and something dollars mm-hmm. online. And then finally streaming came along, which I think actually makes things kind of boring. Yeah, you don't have is. to hunt anymore. Yeah. But I... All this to say, you know, that was with Mike Patton. Yes. You've worked with him a lot. Yeah. Is there a San Francisco person who you've wanted to work with but you can't? I, I would almost say living or dead, but... but. Well, I guess... You've worked with so many. Yeah, I guess why. the one that... I, I mean, I'm not trying to work with them because yeah. it would be too much of a... Uh, for numerous reasons. And I don't know if he's technically San Francisco, but I'd say Sly and the Family Stone. It's not... It, it, it means a lot to me in terms of black rock you know what i mean in soul that's just so good and you know he's around but you know he's obviously got his issues and it's not something i'd be really trying to do you know what i mean but yeah. like 
But it's like, you know, we, we, we get to this point, like San Francisco, like it's like with me and Mike, it's especially, it's like, well, we've been, we've been talking a lot recently because of, um, Warriors, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. and, 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 and like, he's actually a Lakers fan. No, he's actually no, a Warriors fan no. first. No, but I'm such like, a fan of the band. It's no, gonna affect no, no, my no, 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 no. He, yeah, you, well, if you see him, you can, you can, you know, you can complain <laughs> to him a lot like yeah. the Lakers. But he, he actually loves the Warriors. But so we, we, you know, we get into that a lot, and you know, there's you know a lot of things going on right now. Obviously, so we've been going analyzing every signing and whatever. But um, yeah. um, but yeah, no. After you go through, you go through a period of time of, of the Bay Area, you, you realize a, like. Mike makes a whole lot of records I don't listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the ones that I do, I, lo- I love them. And, and the, the the influence points he gets into, I love. And it kind of tend to see that a lot with um, Bay Area artists. They seem to have a lot of interest in a lot of different kinds of music. Um, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I'd say Sly would probably be, be one that I would um, not wish I worked with at all. But like that would have been, if if something great had happened, that would have been That would have been a story, yeah. yeah. Um and uh, uh, physical music? Do you still go to record stores? Do you get to Amoeba? Do you? You know, I, I don't go to Amoeba as much as I would want to. But yeah. But um, what I I do like records. I don't. I I won't say like I'm sitting around like pulling them out and doing. I have a nice setup to do that. Um, and and when I do do that, it's it's really, uh, um, it's not a more important feeling, but you feel like you you've gone to the production of it. Um, I kind of don't. I mean, I've got like not like a lot of records, but you know, under ten thousand, but more than five thousand. You know, what I mean, you know, yeah. like a decent size of albums, and and um, I don't find myself digging through them all the time to play them all the time. But I love records. Nice. Uh, this one's going to disappoint me, I'm sure. But Chronicle Paperboy, did you ever deliver? Ah, uh... oh, no, I did not. I did not deliver papers. You didn't, did you do nothing? Never. No. In the sunset, you got the no. You, you, no not too did. many hills. It's not. A... Uh, there's a few. <laughs> there's a few. Not did not did not deliver on um, papers, but I did have friends that did, and I, I understand the whole thing. It's yeah. just, you know, I'm not a really early morning person. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, and last one. What, what have you got coming up next? Uh, what's the next album I'm going to buy? Next album. Well, I'm I'm, I'm doing some work. Um, slowly with um prince paul we're gonna do another handsome boy modeling school record nice it's, it's it we're actually a little behind schedule we were um supposed to be really starting in january but he was doing some netflix movie stuff so we were a little bit uh, got delayed a little bit we have to get back on track been doing working on this casually working on this pro- project with just blaze for about a year now that we should try to finish and um we're doing a new deltron thing coming up um maybe that might be the soonest one and we're starting to work on it when when we start to work on it, it'll 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 go faster, you know. Awesome. Well, I got a lot of good music to look forward to. Uh-huh. Thank you for coming to the Chronicle. Oh, thank, you thank you for coming me. for the archive and uh, congratulations on the movie. And uh, oh, one one other thing, not, yeah, because yeah. May May those two movies came out, but the other thing I I had come out in May is um a TV show called Broken Bread come out. KCT. It was me and Roy Choi doing me doing the music, Roy Choi doing the the show. It's Roy's show. Oh, awesome. But uh, it's just really about the future of food and sustainability, and it's it, it's really interesting to ask some interesting questions. It's not like a entertainment like for entertainment sake piece, but like um, I, and Roy has a show right now with uh, called the Chef Show with John Favreau. So that not to be mistaken with that one, which is more you know social whatever. Mm-hmm. This was more this one's more social. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and uh, if you get a chance, I think you. you 
it's it's a good thing to check out. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Thank you for uh, coming to the Chronicle, oh, sir. Appreciate you. it. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Dan the Automator. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S. Back to